Foster Care Nation. Listen up. This is Foster Care and Unparalleled Terminator. Strength for the powerless. Courage for the fearful. Hope and healing for wounded hearts. Welcome back to Foster Care, an unparalleled journey with just Jason. Amanda's off taking care of kids today. We were back to school after a holiday break and there's Zoom meetings and there's wildness and she has to be there to take care of that so that um, they get educated. That's important today. And so as it happens, it's just me here today with my guest, Sheila Duncan. And I'm happy to talk to Sheila. She's the author of the book, Here's Trouble and the follow-up book where there's trouble, there's hope. And the third book just now coming out, Troubles in Trouble. Trouble is a dog that she had a, a book written about and a toy created about. And I saw Trouble the dog as, as dogs go, um, stuffed dogs go, he made it onto the news. I'm just gonna say that's a pretty awesome feat for a little inanimate guy. And he has brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people. And I will put in the show notes a link so that you can see her friend Darius, who is the one who's kind of been the impetus for this whole story to just blow up and take off. Um, Sheila, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great today, Jason. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Hey, it's great to have you here. You're talking about helping kids, and that's the thing that, that we're all about here. So we want to talk to you today about kind of, well, the trouble the dog story is a big part of it but also your your friend Darius here. How, how did you guys get connected and, and how have you guys really, really begun this journey together? Well, um, first of all, this is, this is Trouble the Dog. Um, Trouble came to be back in uh, 2006. Um, my niece, Kendra Duncan, uh, we had lost a, a lot of family members to cancer. So she lost her grandmother, Hernani, who was in our books, uh, our family dog, Irish, who was a golden retriever, and her dad, boom, 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 right in a row. Wow. So she was at my house one night, and the St. Jude, she was just doodling, and the St. Jude telephone came on, and she looked up, and she said, oh, I have to help those kids, and she just went, boom, and she drew a little dog. She came on my computer. She came back, she said, his name's gonna be Trouble and he's gonna help kids. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. It was like one of those divine downloads that you hear about, you know, on Oprah. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely meant to be because people were drawn into this drawing, which was a, a, a series of circles. So fast forward, um, I was introduced to a toy manufacturer, toy licensor through a neighbor of mine who initially said, I don't want to have anything to do with a dog named Trouble. And I said, oh, can you just give me 10 minutes? He gave me 10 minutes of his time. At the time we had a coloring book. Kendra had done like a little comic book strip about a puppy who was abandoned, a puppy who was rescued by a nanny and a puppy who in turn paid it forward to also rescue other puppies going through a variety of problems. <clears throat> so he looked up at me, I'll never forget it, after looking at the coloring book, and he said, I think you've got something here, but you need a children's book and you need a plush animal. And I thought, oh, how am I gonna do that? So long story short, he connected me with his Chinese manufacturer um, who would never have spoken to me if it wasn't for him. We had the following year, we received 1500 trouble dogs that were delivered to my garage on December 1st, 2007, because it was 90 degrees. That's how come I remember. And since that day, <laughs> since that day we have been, uh, we placed another order then decided to have Trouble manufactured here in the United States. And Trouble has now traveled the world comforting kids. Um, to answer your question about Darius, um, Trouble's been distributed um, through different channels. You know, people would uh, purchase Trouble, 
to be donated or um, people would give trouble as gifts, whatever it happened to be. And I was actually at a, a show, a local show with trouble and sign. It was like a book signing too. And a woman came up to me and she said, are you the creator, the co-creator, I suppose you would say, of trouble? I said, yes. She said, well, I need to tell you a story. She said, my child, Darius, was adopted through foster care by us after a tough start in life. And he was given a trouble dog as a coping mechanism, a trouble dog and I think our first trouble book. And she said, I need to tell you, um, he had been adopted by them. It was, it was years later. She said, I need to tell you, he has received so much comfort from this dog. This dog is magical for Darius that we wanna do something to get trouble back to kids that are still in foster care. Well, <laughs> between Darius and his parents, they have purchased, I wanna say, I think they're at close to 190 trouble dogs and books so far. And they're being directly delivered to children who are still in foster care. And um, this boy is, he's so pure of heart. It's just been phenomenal. And yes, he was on the news um, Christmas Eve day. His dad is a, a head of the DPW in Everett. And after delivering trouble to kids in foster care in Chelmsford, Mass, in um, Wakefield, Mass, in um, Danvers, Mass, which he did with the help of Santa Claus, actually. Um, he decided he wanted trouble to go to the Everett Police Department to have in their cruisers for a child that might be removed from home. He says that he wants trouble with these kids. So when they go to an unknown home, they'll have trouble with them so they won't be afraid, which is so powerful. He just turned nine, you know, and, uh, and troubles his best friend. So that's a nutshell version of how I came to meet Darius. Wow. Well, in my experience, nine-year-old boys aren't always um, trying to help other boys, other kids. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a kid with, a, with quite a golden heart there. Trying that's a, you know what? That's, that's a perfect, perfect way to put it. Yes. Yeah, because not every kid is is wired that way. But it also sounds like he's been through his own level of trauma and yes. learned to learn to walk through it and found a way to do that. And that's really powerful for him yeah. to be able to do that. The, the whole story. Every time I I see him, he brings tears to my eyes. This kid. So um, I'll give you an example. The day that I met him, he he gave out. Uh, I've got pictures too. He gave out seventy-seven trouble dogs and books to kids who are still in foster care with a, because um, you couldn't do it at a party or anything, but with a, like a, a drive-by. So a car would pull up. There would be a foster family with you know children. Depending on how many kids were in the car, he would deliver you know two dogs, three dogs, whatever it was, and then Santa Claus would deliver books and also gifts, you know, cause it was sponsored by the uh, Salem Rotary. Well, at the, as towards the end of the day, one of the workers, or might've been an elf, I don't know, said, so Darius, I wonder if Santa Claus will have a present for you. He doesn't miss a beat. And he says, you know what? This is my present to be able to give trouble to these kids. Cause I know how much comfort he's gonna give them. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That speaks volumes now to he's the, bringing tears to your eyes. <laughs> that speaks volumes to the to his ability to work with uh, really good people, especially like you know when you have Santa Claus as your helper. I mean, yeah, Santa Claus. Santa Claus actually was Darius's helper that day. Yep. That that says a lot about him. So yeah. the, this story has come about, and really, it's one of those things that that we don't always understand what's going to help kids. Right. And right. I'm just curious. In your own in your own life, you've seen this really help a lot of kids. How, yes. How's that? How's that been for you to to see this come around and and become such a big thing? Because I'm assuming that you didn't start life with the idea that I'm going to create this. That's not where you. Oh started. no no no. Um, it, it, the the way that it came and that's a, a very interesting question. Um, the way this came about, I've never had children. Um, my niece is, is like my child, I suppose you would say. We're very, very close. 
um, I call her my soul sister, because she also is very pure of heart. And I mean, we were just, when I saw that drawing, I knew there was something special about the way that it happened because it was so instant. It was just, boom, there he was. Um, to this day, she says to me, I can't believe I chose the name Trouble for him. So it was almost like, whatever you want to call it, divinely inspired, divine download, whatever you want to call it, there's something really big happening with this. Um, we had initially, we had uh, we did a coloring book and we also had little medallions made up with Trouble's image on the front. And then on the back, uh, on the front, it said, Trouble says be tough. And on the back, it would say, where there's trouble, there's hope. This was in the very beginning. And kids would say, you know, I rub that medallion, it makes me feel better. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's really cool. Well, as time goes on, they're saying the same thing about trouble. They tell me that, and you can't make this stuff up because, I mean, hundreds of kids have said to me, trouble has an energy and I can feel it. I talk to trouble and he answers me, you know? So um, whatever's going on here is really much it's much bigger than me. Whatever your belief system is, this whole thing is, is much bigger than me. I had no experience with uh, toy manufacturing or writing a book or any of that. You know, it's just, it's been a journey of meeting wonderful people such as yourself who let us tell our story, who lead to, for us to meet somebody else who, who wants to hear our story, you know? Absolutely. I've got a little guy who, who has a couple, a couple toys that talk to him already and I need him to tell them to be quiet at bedtime. So That's maybe correct. hopefully trouble's got some good bedtime manners. Well, yes. And uh, trouble though, Darius did tell me not too, too long ago. Darius is loves wrestling and he's crazy about John Cena, the wrestler and the rock and all that kind of stuff. And, he tells me that every once in a while trouble will get into a wrestling match and you know, he doesn't always win. He tells me so. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of imagination and um, trouble allows kids to express themselves. You know, when they pick them up, um, when, when you think of what a real comfort dog does for people, trouble does this 24 uh, seven. So if they have something to talk about, they will have trouble and maybe hopefully go and speak with their caregiver or their parents and trouble allows them to feel safe to open up about what's going on in their minds. You know, if you walk into the psychology of all of this and listen to people like um, the, the information that Karen Purvis put out before she passed away, she had a lot of information about, about what this really means on the psychology side. Mm of finding ways to cope with problems, finding ways to connect with your emotions, finding ways to even reframe situations. And right. that's, that's where the title of your second book really hit me where there's trouble, there's hope. Yes. And I, I've seen the cover of your book there where you, yeah. you have hope that hope who shows up as a character in the book. Yep. She, here she is right here. Can you see it? Yep. Yep. She's right there. Yep. And hope starts out, and this resonated with, uh, with Darius as well. She starts out as a puppy who's never had a home and she's rescued by trouble and his posse of puppies. And, um, they bring her back. She's found in a snowbank and they bring her back to Nani is a central character in our book series also based on troubles, you know, real grandmother and my mother. And she provides a, a, an unusual family, but it's a safe haven for these puppies to, to go to. You know, it's interesting that you have the character Nani in the book. That's a name you don't hear many people use these days. That's actually right. the uh, nickname for our 13-year-old uh, our daughter. Is, is she's been Nani since day one. Isn't that funny? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, we can't figure out when, when before Kendra was gonna be born, we said to my mother, what, what do you think you're going to have this baby call you? She said, oh, I'm going to have her call me Nani. Well, you know, my mother was a little Irish woman. So, you know, Nani's Italian. We don't know how it happened, but Nani it is. <laughs> well, I know how it happened in our house. Uh, her, her 
brother could not pronounce her name and so it just went to nani it was easier that way and okay it's, yeah. it's a great it's a great name though hey there foster care nation we'd like to take a quick minute to step out of the podcast here and ask you guys for a little bit of support if you could share an episode with people friends in a group with family anywhere where there's somebody who would like to hear this also if you'd like to join us and support our mission a couple dollars a month would be really helpful you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash foster care nation now back to the show but you know the idea of reframing people's situations especially for young kids of yeah. where there's hope there's or where there's trouble there's hope yeah because my goodness uh, how many of these kids you know, foster care and adoption is a lot of what we talk about. It's obviously where Darius came from. Yes. But you don't have to be a kid who came out of foster care or adoption to experience some trauma and some trouble and have Correct. to learn how to how to work their way through that. And the idea that you're bringing hope in as a central yes. character so that kids can begin to reframe that story in their own yes. mind. Yeah. Super helpful. What what inspired that? You know, uh, I worked on that second book. We have a we have wonderful women that that help me, and um, one of them is a woman who works on the creative part on our websites and stuff. Carrie Schluter, very um, very inspiring to me. And another woman is uh, Melanie Fleming, who she said, you know, hope at that point was a. Um, a puppy that Kendra and I worked on, but we hadn't really developed it. And um, Melanie said, you know, you've got to get hope out in a book. And I thought, oh. So anyway, she and I worked together. I wanted hope to be found, you know, just like a little spark of dust. And she sort of, you know, glamored her up a little bit and, you know, made her a little more approachable in a snowbank. <laughs> So I'm so fortunate, you know, to have these women. Um, I have another woman too who helps me with, keeps me in line with bookkeeping. And, you know, they all see um, the magic of what's going on with this, with this little puppy, whatever you want to call it. So that's how hope came to be, is that Melanie said, you know, kids need hope today. It's time to get this book out. So we did. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there a bit. Kids need hope today. That's something that, my goodness. I mean, because how many kids do we do we know that that you can look at and think that they probably need a certain level of help that they're not getting? Oh yeah, you, you know what I'm hearing a lot of lately, um, and I'm sh and this was actually even before the pandemic is a lot of kids having night terrors. Uh, when I was a kid, we called them nightmares, but now they call them night terrors. And trouble's been very um, helpful with kids going through stuff like that. And these are kids who have loving homes, you know, um, they have a mother and father, and it's, it's just, kids are anxious today. I, I think kids today are more stressed, pandemic aside, than they've ever been. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anxiety has been on the rise for quite a while. I've noticed in culture and kids today are dealing with a lot more things than they ever have before. And yes. parents are busy watching, you know, your personal favorite news station. I, I don't, I don't dive off into all that, but you know, whether or not you, you believe one side of the politics or the other people get really wound up in that. And then their anxiety just, just yeah. runs through the house. And it all trickles down to the kids. Yes, it does. The kids yeah. end up internalizing a lot of that anxiety and they don't understand. Most of the parents don't understand it right. and we don't have a way to handle it. Now, right. if anybody's been a listener to this podcast for any time at all, you've heard me mention the dad's group that I'm a part of. And as part of that dad's group, we go through some regular content. One of the things we're dealing with right now is understanding anger and, and uh, patience to some extent, but a lot of learning how to deal with anger as dads because men today on large part have never been taught this skill. And it's funny, you, you mentioned that the coins you, that you guys had made up. One yeah. of the things that we have um, that's passed out from time to time are little challenge coins. And Dr. Nick Satello actually wrote all of our content that we're going through right now. And he talks about using something like that, whether it's just a, a small worry stone or yes. a coin with a raised piece on it, things like yeah. that. It actually has scientific background that you can see where something like that with a tactile feel 
giving yes. it something like that so they can feel it or even trouble the dog who has a very soft feel. You, you are 1000% correct. And you know, um, we did, when you talk about science backed information, um, a while back, um, we, a scientist was trying to figure out what was going on with trouble the dog. So we had us do a very small study asking kids, you know, controlled questions, how trouble made them feel, um, you know, I mean, uh, this, this long. And the result was that trouble elicited safety, comfort, hope, and love in kids. And, you know, I mean, you, you can't deny if something's going to help someone, then um, be it a worry stone coin type of thing for a dad or something soft, also tactile for a child, then, you know, it's, it's whatever works these days, is, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as dads, we, we usually don't walk around with, with a trouble, the dog to carry around or people look at us a little bit funny. Do you but want me to make, can I just interrupt you for a second? Do you want to make you laugh? I'm going to tell you a story. All right. We brought trouble down to Walter Reed army hospital down to Washington, DC. And there were um, soldiers there that were injured beyond your wildest imagination. And we, I think we had maybe 200 dogs and books to deliver to these guys to give them comfort and make them smile. The reaction that we got from these men, it was life-changing for me because it was something, because they need something to hang on to, you know? So I can look you right in the eye and tell you that there are Marines, there are police officers, and they're sleeping with trouble a dog. I think he can probably stay in, in the, the hospital room or in the bed, but if you bring him into a boardroom, people might look at you a little funny. They might, or, might, or, they, <laughs> might, or they might say, ooh, who is this little guy? <laughs> <laughs> but, but when we're dealing with kids, these are exactly the sorts of things that instantly bring comfort because kids right. know stuffed animals. That's correct. Yeah. yeah I have a 13 year old daughter and I'm not going to say there's a whole bunch and embarrass her or anything like that, but Every young girl at some point in their life, if, if they had a healthy childhood, even some that didn't, probably had a bed full of stuffed animals. It, right. It's the sort of thing that brings them comfort. Yes. And, and you guys not only have brought that, but you've brought a story to go along with it. Yes. Not right. just any story, but a story that involves hope. Correct. And the third book that you guys have coming out now, it sounds yes. like it's bring some real life into it too, because the title being Troubles in Trouble. Yes kind of tells us what real life is. And, and as kids don't get a chance to experience that yet, they will, but that's a part of real life. We're all going to deal with that trouble. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, when I, when I sat with Kendra, you know, we decided to do a third book because um, kids were clamoring for it. Um, I said, okay, well, how are we going to, wh what should we write about? And she looked at me and she said, well, you know, Trouble's been helping kids and dogs and, you know, comforting everybody since the beginning. I think it's time now that he gets into trouble. And I was like, I don't know about that. But she said, you know what? Just what you just said. It's real. It's life. He needs to get into trouble. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I have plenty of my own kids who can attest to that, that yeah. kids all get in trouble at some point and being yeah, able to do. Yeah, being able to realize that as a part of their life. Can't and be then, perfect all the time. Yeah, you know? accept it. Not not grow that shame and guilt that so many of us as adults have lived with the shame and guilt of whatever it is in our life somewhere right. along the way that we experience. Right. And they can learn to deal with that at a young age. And, and I think what you're doing here speaks volumes to what we as a generation and the generation before us and the one before that did not have in their life. True. It's true. And, you know, with this book, we introduce, um, which is part of the reason why we wanted to do it, a new brand new character. And he I don't know if you can see him on Trouble's nose. He's just a little tiny spark. And his name is Clarence. And he is a reflection of Trouble's emotions. So um, he lands on Trouble's nose, tries to keep him out of trouble. 
And what he will do is try to guide trouble. Uh, he knows if trouble's sad or nervous or worried or happy or whatever it happens to be. So we use this book to introduce him. And uh, we also, can you see this page? So this is Clarence, his name is Clarence and we call him, he's kind of cranky. So we call him a little orb with an edge. He's a little edge, edgy, but he allows kids to point to his different images to point out their emotions. And that's what's happening is that they will point and they'll say, can you get Trouble's book? I wanna let you know how I'm feeling. And you know what? That's powerful to me that they're utilizing not only Trouble to comfort them, but they're utilizing Clarence to, to let their parents or, or their foster parents know that, how they're feeling. That's one of those things that people of my generation probably are not terribly good at. And at least I'm not, I know. And that's part of the, part of the stuff we've been talking through and, and we're working through right now in the group I was mentioning, because as grown adult men, most of us have a difficult time connecting with our emotions. We're very either overconnected or underconnected. Yeah. And most men tend to be overconnected with anger. Yep. And underconnected with the rest of them. And understanding that there's, you know, some primary emotional states, you know, feeling states, mad, glad, sad, and afraid. We're right. we're we tend as men to be very connected with the mad and very underconnected with sad, glad, and afraid. Mm -hmm. And sad and afraid usually lead us towards anger because we're not connected with them. And as a child, as a kid, if you can learn to to notice those states in your own mind. Yeah. You can understand who you are, where you're at, and begin to connect with those emotions so you can handle them in a healthy way. Right. My God, aren't they going to be miles ahead of, of today's men when they become fathers themselves? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think the most beautiful thing about this these stories is that, and this has been from the beginning. This has been from the very beginning, even when we just had the coins and we didn't have a plush dog is that kids would say, could you give one of these to, let's say, Freddie, he's in a wheelchair. Could you give one of these to, you know, Eddie, uh, he's on crutches. And that's been a theme. Um, and it's it's become even more powerful with, with Darius's campaign, you know, because I had no idea it was gonna become as big as it, as it is now. You know, he's really touching a lot of hearts. Oh yeah, I and mean, it sounds like it's it's a tool that's building a lot of empathy in young kids. And yes, all you have to do is turn on the news or talk to somebody about politics or COVID or anything else to realize how how absent empathy is in, in the yes. hearts of most of Americans today. Hey there, Foster Care Nation. If you'd like to find yourself in a group with like-minded people, head over to Facebook and you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash foster care uj we've got a group over there where we talk about foster care we talk about adoption and we talk about all the things related if your podcast player allows it you can also reach down and hit that subscribe button so you get notified every week when we put up uploads every tuesday a new episode comes out we'd love to see you next week now back to the show right exactly and you know that the other thing too is that kids it's almost when the foster kids know that this gift of trouble the dog is coming from a child who he says, I know how they feel and I wanna help them. I know how trouble made me feel. I know how they feel and I want trouble with them. I mean, that's, you know, takes your breath away. Oh yeah. And, and it sounds like, you know, you guys are really building that empathy muscle in a lot of kids. And yeah. that's going to change generations. And that's one of the Thank things you. I talk about a lot is that generational change, that legacy that we leave behind us. Because at the end of the day, there's a 100% rate that you and I are not going to be here one day. Nah, we'll see about me. I don't know. I don't know about you, but about <laughs> I don't me. have a, I don't have a time frame picked out yet. But right. no, no, we're, we're going to be gone. But what what is our, our, our kids, our grandkids, the people who knew us, the people we lived around and worked with? Yeah. The, our, our families, friends, what, what are these people going to say about us? What, what's going to, to be different in the world 100 years from now because of who we are today? And I often say that right now at this very moment, we, off, we have to stop and realize that we're writing our obituary. And it sounds to me as if you've really helped Darius figure out how to, how to write that obituary from a very young age. 
you know, he, he's a very, very special child. And um, I mean, I, I'm going to give you another example. For his communion, his first communion, um, you know, he received gifts, um, you know, from people and, you know, checks and stuff. And he wanted to take that money to buy trouble dogs for kids in foster care. I mean, this is all, this is with no one prompting him. This is all from him. And um, he, he's going to inspire a lot of kids, I think. Uh, you know, trouble inspires kids, which, I mean, you have to say to yourself, trouble's so much more than a stuffed animal, you know? I mean, trouble is inspiring kids everywhere to help other kids. And my goal with him, ultimately, is to turn him into a cartoon series, you know, um, as, as a sweet puppy who, who has adventures, you know, helping. Um, we call him a, a very unlikely if little like hero to find in a group with, uh, with people, a, a spark of light that can, can bring hilarity to it. Um, that kids can watch and, and really feel good about opening up or feel good about helping another child or, you know, just you can be helped over the bumps in the road in life. And I don't think that, um, I don't think you can deny that the power of all of that. Now back to the show. Absolutely not. If you look at the, at our history, look at the archetypal stories, and the unlikely hero is one of them that yes. connects with people over over the the, the decades, probably right. centuries, if we were to go back far enough. But right. look at Pinocchio as an yeah. unlikely hero. Yes. Look at the Star Wars stories, exactly. the Harry Potter stories. Generation after generation has had some sort of archetypal story told yeah. about an unlikely hero that comes in from a difficult place, from a place yeah. of tragedy. Yep. And then changes the world. And of course, trouble started. Um, you know, he was abandoned, and this was this was Kendra's original story that he was abandoned in a box in New York City with other puppies. You know, the other puppies ran away, and he was all by himself. So one of his slogans is, "When trouble comes, you're never alone." Uh, another one is, "With his trouble, there's hope." You know, and I could go on and on and on, but. Um, Kids, they're drawn to this puppy uh, for a million different reasons. So, I'm I'm just the uh, I'm just the wind beneath his wings. Tell you the truth. You know, one of the things that I've said time and again is that the wisdom of kids has taught me a lot. Yes. And this is another great example of that, where you just yes. have some kids who who are sharing wisdom that they don't even realize is wisdom. They're just they're well maybe they're just too young and to be dumb enough to realize that they really can make a difference in the world. And all those little things that look like they might get in the way aren't necessarily obstacles. They're just the next challenge to overcome. That's correct. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing people. And I, I've had the privilege of meeting so many kids that, that really, they inspire me to keep going, you know, because I mean, this has not been a, it's been a wonderful, magical journey, but it, it hasn't necessarily been an easy journey. It's just that I am at every stop propelled to keep moving. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and don't we all need a piece of that, that motivation to keep yeah. us moving in a direction that makes the world a better place. Right. Right. Because it's so easy in today's world to watch the news, to get angry about politics whatever sports i mean i don't understand it i've never been a big sports guy but my god have i met some people who got upset about a, a call in a football game yeah well you know and at the end of the day it doesn't make a difference nope but if it we doesn't. can find the motivation to make a difference in the world exactly i mean because so many people look at our world, they look at our politics, who want to holler at the politicians, and whether you think Trump is, is a genius or, or the devil, or you think Obama is wonderful or horrible, I don't really care. The truth is, is that neither one of them is going to make my life better. Nobody's going to make the world a better place other than me and you and Darius and the kids that you guys are helping with trouble because that's right. how you start to change communities is from the inside. Right. It's true. Yep. 
Yeah, it's a grassroots one, one, campaign. One step at a time, you know, just one, we're doing it just one smile at a time, one child at a time. I love that because <laughs> one child at a time means that that one child is going to eventually grow up and be an adult. And that's going to be a parent and a grandparent and an uncle and a friend and a mentor. And every one of those is going to have such a long legacy left behind them because you sat down with your niece yes. and, and, and took her seriously for a minute. And you guys created something amazing to change the world. Thank you. And you know, she was very, uh, it's interesting because she was very definitive right from the get go. Um, I said, what trouble, what color is trouble going to be white? She said, no, gray. I thought gray, but he can be a boy or a girl. You know, I mean, some kids think he's a girl. Um, he can be any gender. He can be any nationality. He can be anything they want him to be. Um, so as I say, th there's something big going on here. And um, I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, it's always amazing to be part of something that, that's grown that big. So yeah. I got to ask, you know, at this point, this is where you're at in life. Yes. Where did you come from personally? Well, your own personal backstory? Well, my backstory is that I come from a, a family. My dad was a owner restaurant and bar that wound up to be world famous um, because he was the first person to serve a drink in a 16 ounce glass. That was his invention. <laughs> so <laughs> people just love that. <laughs> and um, I, prior to, I worked with him and prior to that, um, I worked in the travel. I was educated as a teacher. Um, there were no jobs. I went to LA, worked for a lawyer, came back, worked for a travel company. Um, and then my father would say, come to work for me, honey. You know, it'll be stress-free and work three or four days a week. I'll get you a puppy. Okay. Well, I went to work for him because I finally, the commute was too much. The travel business was just too much. And he unfortunately almost immediately was diagnosed with cancer and he passed away five years later. So in a way, um, it was maybe meant to be that I came to work with him, you know, um, because I wound up with my sister taking over the, the restaurant and everything. And um, then years went by and there were, there were a lot of um, uh, things going on in our town. Uh, you know, they dug up the streets for three years so you couldn't physically get to the restaurant. That was a problem. Uh, they went non-smoking and so people who smoked you know, stop coming um, and on and on and on. So it was almost like um, the decision to sell was made for us. Um, so we did. And uh, shortly after we sold, then my mother uh, was diagnosed with cancer. So, um, and shortly after she passed away was when Kendra and I were sitting in my living room here uh, and when she first drew Trouble the Dog. So I think all paths for me sort of led to this little dog. What a journey of unexpected turns because... Totally. <laughs> every, well, maybe maybe if you go all the way back to training and education, you were probably trained to, to communicate well with kids. It, it could be, and but actually I was a business education teacher, you know, um, so it was just almost like, I suppose your journey is, is winds up being what it's supposed to be. Um, and I've been very tuned in to different uh, nuances throughout this trouble journey. You know, um, we've had a few opportunities to bring trouble to a, a high level, but they've not been the right opportunities. Um, you know, he's so much more than just a character who gets into trouble. He's, I said, you know, he needs to help kids at the same time. And that's a piece that um, is becoming more and more important in today's world, I think. So, you know, can he be a great cartoon character? Absolutely. Is he just a regular puppy that just gets into trouble? Nope. So um, I, I've, I've not gotten myself into trouble yet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
that's good news that you haven't gotten yourself there yet. No, and I don't plan to either. So, you know, all that glitters is not gold. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys have, have kind of formed your own image for in your own vision for what, what this is going to become in a way that's going to help kids because the numbers don't lie. We have almost a half a million kids in foster care right now at this yep. Yep. And those aren't all the kids in trouble. That's correct. You know, my wife's own story is one of those stories where she was a, a kid who should have been in foster care. Yeah. She did not, nobody ever, ever, you know, the time frame she grew up in, people overlooked a lot of stuff and she never ended up there. And today's world, I think we have a better system for catching that. Yeah. But there's still a lot of kids who've been through so many struggles that should be in foster care, that should be receiving some sort of help and support. And if we can't get them into, into a home where they can receive that support in a, in a traditional method using a government agency, I mean, how much, how much better is the world going to be that, that you guys are, are reaching out to kids and helping them in the way that you can as Sheila Duncan, not the government agency. You guys are, are doing amazing work there. Thank you. And, and, you know, I, I picture, you know, we've done a lot of work with uh, bringing trouble to hospitals and that kind of stuff too. We've done um, a lot of, uh, team building events and things that, you know, where, where a corporation will invite us to come to, you know, Nashville or Atlanta or whatever, and um, we'll tell our story and um, the executives then will, we have trouble dog houses, which are out of stock now, the executives can decorate the dog houses and stuff. And then the houses and the books go to a children's hospital. So I envision this cartoon with beaming into hospitals and foster homes and also just homes around the world to let kids know it's okay to talk about what's going on that you know what maybe maybe having a night terror is is something you want to talk about as opposed to just closing up so i think of this cartoon as um as an opportunity not even for kids that are in quote terrible trouble, but just kids that want to talk that need to talk. And so it will just be so much of a, a larger reach, um, you know, or, or a child that's in a, in a homeless shelter, you know, um, that maybe can't have a troubled dog to hang on to at that moment, but can still know that there's a puppy out there looking out for them that's telling them it's okay, it's okay to talk. Yeah, that's one of the things we've dealt with with kids a lot is understanding that we have to make it a safe place for them to be able to have those conversations. And, Correct. you know, you talk about the night terrors and, and we've had some of that with yeah. some of the kids because some of our kids saw things like murder happen in front of them at a very young age. And that led to, to the, the real night terrors, you know, and the night yeah. terrors, when I was, that, that's so much more than a nightmare when they get to that point. They're, yeah not even really awaken them when once you wake them up they're still in the middle of that terror right and learning to talk about that later right exactly and you know sometimes um if kids if kids could see these puppies going through things on a on a screen on a on a tv screen um and you know foster parents or parents or whoever it is are sitting with them then that opens the dialogue too you know, um, because the puppies are experiencing different, we're going to call them adventures, but they're different things that might happen in life, you know, that, that will open up the door for kids to talk. And this cartoon can be funny. This is not a deep, dark cartoon series. This, this can be funny. It's, it's just got a, a level that is going to reach out to the kids and let them know you know, that what they're going through is safe to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Funny and real. Funny and real. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Funny and real. Yep. Because life is hard. And a lot of these kids know that even without having to have that conversation to explain to them, they know that because they've experienced it. That's correct. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, it, you know what? It's all good. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I love to, I'll tell you a quick story one of the last team buildings that we did before the before the pandemic 
um, uh, there was a gentleman who was particularly kind to me and he did a lot of camera work and stuff like that. And um, his boss was very kind to me too. And so he saw how the adults were reacting to trouble, but he had not seen a child's reaction. So I said, you know what, why don't you take trouble home with you? Cause you know, we had a little girl and make a long story short. He sent me a note and he said, you know, I know you talked about the magic. <laughs> My daughter doesn't have any problems. And he said, I, I cannot believe what I'm seeing with this trouble dog and my daughter. He's right there 24 seven. So it's not just me talking about it now, you know? Yeah. And, and it's hopefully a lot of people talking about ways to help kids exactly. through hard times. Exactly. Because even a kid who's raised in a good environment is going to have their own level of difficulties. Because one of the things that, that people forget sometimes is our worst day is still our worst day. And whether your worst day is, is having, you know, seen violence, murder, experienced drugs and domestic violence, or your worst day is something much less notable among society. It's something much calmer. It's still your worst day. Right. And kids don't yet have that perspective to understand that. Right. And, you know, for, for some kids, it's, it's as simple as being anxious on a Zoom meeting for school. You know, um, they have a beautiful home. They have loving parents, but they're nervous about Zoom. So that's what this little girl, trouble was on, trouble's on all the Zoom calls. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because right at this moment, on the other side of that wall, there is a little boy who is on a Zoom call that does bring him anxiety. <laughs> See that? Yes. Yes. I get it. Yeah. I've seen it myself and, and, and I don't understand why that brings him anxiety. I just have to know that it is Yes. find ways to help him cope through it. And it sounds like you guys are really, really working towards creating a way for, for parents, foster parents, adoptive parents, right. child parents, whatever, to create that, that calmness so they can be more anxiety free in those hard times. Exactly. Well, you know, and as you saw on the, um, the news clip with Darius, he said that, what does he say? Trouble makes him feel safe all the time. It works for him. He says, definitely, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And, yeah. And it felt safety is, is something that's super important for kids. Correct. Yes, correct. Exactly. Because if you don't feel safe and you feel threatened, you know, I'll break off into my nerd science a little bit here, but that's the part of the brain. The amygdala is a part of the brain that gets triggered then. And mm -hmm. when the amygdala fires up, it operates on a real simple set of code and it just says, I have to survive. Yeah. It doesn't say I have to do this. Well, I right. just have to survive. Exactly. And most yeah. of us, when we end up in that part of our mind, because even as adults, it's still there. We still, we still act on it probably as much as the kids do. Right. That, that wiring is just there to help us survive and not to help us thrive. Exactly. And the coping mechanisms you guys are working on helping these kids develop is going to help them thrive and start doing that at a much younger age because most of us didn't realize how to handle that when we were nine years old. Right. It sounds like Darius is a, is a super special kid who's figured out the value of that and is trying to spread it. He, he, you know, he really is. And, and the thing is that it, it was all, um, uh, what am I trying to say? It was all him. You know what I mean? Um, his mother is the one that came to me and said, I cannot tell you how helpful this dog is to my child. Um, so it was, this is nothing to do with me at all. You know, um, she didn't know any of the backstory. She didn't know about Kendra. She didn't know anything. All she knew was that he was given trouble by, you know, a social worker, a therapist, and that he is magical for her son. And because of that, Darius wants to pay it forward. And you, I, I don't think you can get any more powerful than something like that. You're a hundred percent right. Thank you. <laughs> because how, how, how can you get more powerful than a kid at that young of an age being empathetic for the people around him? Yeah. Even the kids he don't, does not know, but he knows other kids have been through what he has. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. That's a, that's a perception that, that most adults don't even, don't even carry with them. So that it's just amazing to hear that even though he maybe went through his own trauma, he had, is, is already starting to help other people. That's yes, that's correct. Yes. 
Yeah, he's an amazing child. Yeah, this world's going to be different because of the way that that kids like him change it. And it's also going to be different because of the way that a lot of other people change it and maybe not in the best ways. So I want to really reach out and support this, this, this movement any way that we can. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I tell Darius that I say, you know, I know you think that John Cena and the rock, they're great guys and they do great things. But to me, you're the superhero. Yeah. But you know, cause he is. Every little boy has got to enjoy oh, smelling yeah. what the rock is cooking, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you the last time I saw any wrestling on TV, but as a young boy, it was cool right. to watch, right? right. So, yeah. And, you know, John Cena is from West Newbury originally, I guess, according to Darius, which is not too, too far from where we live. So, yeah. Um, but he, he, Darius, to me, is a superhero because he's so selfless, you know? Yeah. He wants kids to have the same comfort that he's getting from trouble. So it's very cool. He's a very cool kid. That's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story about Darius and Kendra and all the women who are helping you get this, this process Thank rolling. Thank you. And giving the credit to the people who are out there helping you help the world. Yep. Thank you very much. We'll see what happens next. Oh, and I'm certain something is coming down the road for you guys. That's just the way that it works. Yes, it's correct. Yep. And we're ready. <laughs> well, let's let the rest of the world get ready for this too. Okay, Foster Nation, thank you for listening to Sheila's story. Now take your knowledge and wisdom to heart so you can create love and healing in your family and community. Be sure to come back next week. We have new episodes every Tuesday. If you would like to share your story as a guest, you can reach us at fostercareuj at gmail.com. We're setting up a new email address that is active now as well. You can reach us at jason at fostercarenation.com as well. You can connect with other like-minded people on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash fostercareuj. And don't forget, we have a Patreon where you can support our mission for as little as $5 a month. It's at patreon.com slash fostercarenation. The links to everything are in the show notes on your podcast player or at fostercarenation.com, especially the stuff to find Trouble the Dog so that you can either buy one for your kid or a child that you know or donate one to a kid that needs help. And as always... You are so super awesome. I thank you guys. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks, thanks, thanks.